no G with a Z P O D. It is the Smoking Guns Podcast. That's right, we're back. The three of us back in one place. Three, not four. You'll notice we do not have Ralph with us. We cannot express our appreciation enough this summer over the last five weeks or so uh, to Ralph Judkins, him stepping in for each of us, him being part of the show last week. Ralph is a big part of things, whether you see him or not. Um, he is part of Gunslinger's Nation. He's certainly part of the Smoking Guns podcast, yep. but he's not with us tonight. It's me, Philip Higginbotham, joined as always by my friends, Leo Yamas. What's up, Gunslinger's Posse? And R.C. Woods. What's up, beautiful people? This is the Smoking Guns Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That's all inclusive. It includes the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL. Hey, there's Brahma stuff to talk about. Uh, and we're going to get to a little bit of that later in the show. We also cover the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League who finished the season, regular season, at 8-4 and four, and currently hold the third spot, the third seed in the playoffs. But, but there may be a chance for more things. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it. It's we're going to get into all of it. Um, we're going to talk about the game on Saturday. Not a game that we enjoyed necessarily the uh, the on-the-field product, but I don't want to start there just yet. I want to talk a little bit about the off-the-field experience because in the arena this time, I thought the experience was off the charts. Um, Superhero Night was incredible. You had people dressed up. I saw Wonder Woman. I saw uh, all kinds of things going on. 3,000, there, the largest crowd of the season. Wow. Uh, lots of friends that we saw. We were awesome. missing some folks. We didn't see Super Mike Steele. We didn't see a couple of people. But we got to see so many other people that have been missing in action a little bit. Jeremy and Jackie Knox were there. Jeremy's watching with us now. Guns up, Jeremy. He got to spend some time with us. Brian and Nicole from Reels and Heels mm -hmm. uh, podcast over from Florida. They're not in Florida anymore. They're Texas folks. Uh, they got to come down, brought their kids to the game. Just a, a fun time in the arena all the way around. Even the, um, what do you call it, the parking lot? The block um, party. Block, block party, party that they had. Yeah. I didn't get there in enough time. It's a three-hour drive. I would have had to have left at like 7 o'clock in the morning to get there for any of that. Uh, but you guys got to do that. What What was the block party like? It was hot. It was hot. <laughs> it was freaking hot. But Look, we still it's had... South Texas, guys. Like, that's yeah. part of the whole deal. And it's right? like 1230 in the afternoon, so it was beat on <laughs> But I mean, there was there was still plenty of gunslingers posse there, fans uh, sitting around. They had covered, uh, you know, they had tents, tents. Uh, to cover tables, and and people were sitting at tables having uh, having a few beers, uh, eating food. They had turkey legs and hot dogs. They had music, a DJ there playing. The music was was loud, but it was it was good stuff. And then they had the uh, the the truck. I, I I apologize for not knowing the name of the truck club that that's uh, been big supporters of the Gunslingers uh, this season, but oh, they were there. And they had one. the they had the trucks it's, all lined out in the parking lot there, and it was it was cool to see. It's the South Texas, Texas. 
That one, yes. Four uh, truck mafia. Yes, that sounds yes. right. Is it on the sleeve of your uh, jersey there, uh, Leo? It might not. Be. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, okay. it is. It is um, the South Texas, Texas Ford Trucks Mafia. Yeah, South Texas Ford go. Truck Mafia. Juan yes. Hernandez checking in. Ralph Judkins seconding that. Um, excellent. Uh, great to have them on board and part of things. Um, very, very, just a very exciting thing all the way around. All the merch. Uh, obviously, you can see I'm decked out in brand new merch. All of us are. Um, in fact, everything we are wearing, jerseys, hats, all came from <coughs> this week's game. Um, just really, really exciting. Uh, Jared Hansen, we're going to get to that. Uh, he's asking about another football league that made some announcements last week. We are absolutely going to get to that, but we're going to I'm talking about the Gunslingers and the Gunslingers game first. Uh, and then in the second half of the show, I think we'll get to some of that kind of stuff. Um, so hang out with us. We will certainly get there and discuss our feelings and some of what we're hearing about uh, that other league that made some announcements. I'm not even going to talk about them, and I'll tell you why. I'm not I'm not going to mention their names, and I'll tell you why I'm not going to mention their names, but we'll talk about that later. Robert Seco uh, jumping in, and he said, Jordan Steubing knocked it out of the park with the fan jerseys. He absolutely did. Oh, yeah. Robert, uh, sometime soon before we put a cap on this season – I want you to make a Monday night available because I want you to pop on the show with us and talk a little bit about your work this season because it has been absolutely amazing. amazing. As always. Far, far beyond anything highlight or hype that any other team's putting out. And that's that's saying something because some teams are doing some really great stuff. But yours is better. And I want to talk to you about that sometime soon. So clear a Monday as we get toward the end of this season. Uh, we want to have you on and talk with you about some of the work that you're doing. I just thought of that the other day, and I was like, why have we not had Robert on yet? Um, we absolutely should. He's a rock star. The The fan jerseys were great, are great. I bought two. Don't tell my wife. Um, I got a hat. Don't tell my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I want to tell us all. Do yeah. Um, she doesn't listen to the show. I hope, and uh, <laughs> we'll be all right there. But yeah, just just top flight stuff. The the light sticks. So we get early word about what the uh, promotional item for games are going to be, and what I originally got for this game was, oh, we're going to do hat pins, and I was like, okay. Like I would love to have a gunslinger hat pin for my mm. uh, my backpack or whatever. Like that would be cool. Okay, I'm down with that. And then I heard that they were going to do these light up batons instead, and I was like, well, okay, I guess. I mean, if 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 that's what we want to do, sure. I mean, that it's not gunslingers. It doesn't have the logo on it or anything, but whatever. I was wrong. Like the light up sticks are so cool. Yeah, they were. Cool. <laughs> Every time a touchdown is scored or when they're announcing, you know, when the team's coming out of the tunnel and they knock out all the lights, lights seeing all those light down. sticks all over the thing, man, that's cool. Yeah, the optics were great. When those lights went down, it was it was really cool to see that. Yeah. And it was absolutely. not only the, the batons, but the, the cowbells. You see this one I got with the um the Hulk to match my shirt? Yep. Yes. And then I had this one from before. 
So I'm starting my collection of cowbells. I love it. If I can have Collectible one, in each hand, one in each hand. Yeah, so we're talking about Jordan Steubing and how he knocked it out of the park with the jersey. So I went in expecting, okay, I knew I was going to buy three out of the four, and I did. Sure. sure. I knew I was going to buy the Venom hat to go with the Venom jersey. Yes. I didn't know I was going to see this hat that I'm wearing right here, right now. I had no right. idea I was going to see this hat when I walked up to the merch booth. And I had no idea I was going to see those cowbells that had uh, the superhero designs on them. And I had to get I had to get at least two of those two, which I did. So Jordan really got this sucker, let me tell you. And, <laughs> and, and Lois was with me. And and she was powerless to hold me back. She, right. she didn't. She didn't even try. As a matter of fact, she contributed to the cowbells. She was like, "Oh, we got to get those." <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm in trouble. But man, Jordan, you you ki you're killing us. You're killing us. But we love it. <laughs> keep keep doing it. It's fine. Great stuff. Great stuff uh, coming out. I walk away with uh, with gear every every home game I go to, which is odd because at some point, like. How much gear do you need? More. All the gears. Apparently, all I'm, the gears. I'm going to steal a line from uh, Sharks coach Jason Gibson. More is more, and I want more. Um, yeah. I, I want more of the stuff. So, yeah, it, it was a great experience. Lots of fans, lots of folks we saw. Floresville Peanut Festival kids at halftime. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, the six shooters, as always. always. Just spectacular. Um, it just yeah. they're doing a great job. They they continue to do just a great job um, with with Who doing saw all the of bobblehead? this. I know. I think the bobblehead was designed after someone from the truck club. Is that correct? Yes, I believe so. I was I yeah. was walking upstairs to get my soda right when they, they gave that, and I wanted to be back in time for the second half of the football game. If I'd have known what the second half of the football game was going to look like, I would have waited. Uh, but <laughs> I was going up. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I wanted to get back in time uh, for the second half, so I heard it, and I saw the picture up there of the bobblehead, but somebody in the comments I'm sure will mention uh, who they were honoring with that bobblehead. But, yes, it was somebody from South Texas – Ford uh, Truck Mafia, uh, their president or their 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 guy um, right. was who they were honoring with that. And I don't often cool. talk about this. Um, we had the prayer and we had the national anthem, and I don't usually point out the national anthem, but man, that wow. police officer got up there Amazing. and absolutely blew it. Wow! Oh my god, it was great. I, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of chuckled to myself at the beginning of the whole thing because Chris Newell. Who I want to talk about? Chris Duell <laughs> was up in the uh, the thing, and he said that she was a San Antonio police officer and used to be a vocalist at SeaWorld. And I kind of involuntarily sort of rolled my eyes, and I was like, "Okay, um, you know, used <laughs> to be a vocalist at SeaWorld. That's that's big credential right there. Uh, not that I could have been a vocalist at any right. point at any SeaWorld or anything anywhere, but." Uh, I did kind of roll my eyes, and then she got up there and absolutely jerked it out of the park. Killed it. It was incredible. Um, incredible it job. Chills. Gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. Up there Seriously. in the blues and just, oh, wow. Just incredible. 
Um, it was a great experience off the field, top, around top the production. field. Um, good to see everybody that we saw. Uh, Renee, the Brahma babe, was there. Yep. Yeah, her she first showed game. up. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, she is a she's from Florida, so she's a Jacksonville Sharks fan. Yeah, but we're starting not, to win her over. But we're 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 trying. We're, we're trying. We're starting to win her over. Alex McSwain asked, "Did we get an attendance count?" I did. Today I got one. It was thirty-one eighty-five, three thousand one hundred eighty-five. That's the largest crowd of the season in the Freeman Coliseum so far. Um, we so may have one more opportunity. That's right. To beat that, we'll talk about it in a minute. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. Um, just a great, uh, just a great experience all the way around. Uh, we had a blast. I had a blast. Um, Took lots of pictures. Oh, man. Every So every week they put out these great fan jerseys. And I've noticed more and more players during warm-ups yeah. have been getting whatever the fan jerseys are and wearing them. <laughs> this week, because there were Everyone. four alternate jerseys, every player in warm-ups was wearing one of these uh, alternate uh, jerseys. There, And it was pretty mixed. Uh Captain America didn't seem like he was out there a whole bunch. Lots of Spideys, uh, lots of Hulk, lots of Venom um, out there during warm-ups. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, it was something that spoke to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody had one that they were like, oh, that's yeah. the one I want. You know, we got to we got to talk to Kadir early on and said, hey, of course, you're wearing the Spider-Man jersey. He's like, yeah, oh, why'd you do Spider-Man? <laughs> that's his nickname. I was like, he's like, how am I not going to wear Spider-Man? For sure. So, yeah, definitely very cool to see that. Incredible job. Uh, I cannot. Um, hey, we know this person, Lolis Lamas. Wonder Woman. Yamas. Hi. Wonder Gorgeous Woman herself. Outfit. Gorgeous. She got right into that thing, Leo. You didn't think she'd be able to, but she got oh, right into Oh, come on. That. You're the second guy that's misquoting me, trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> she's like, right, she's. 20 feet away from me. You want, you want me to, you, it's going to be like video recorded death of, of a person here on the Good Sneers podcast show because of misinformation. I did not say that. Greg I said think the same what thing. you said is that she was worried. She, she wasn't was worried. I had no worries. Into the outfit. Uh, I had no worries. She looked great, Man. but I don't know how she walked around in those shoes all day. I don't know either. Um, that's crazy. Girls do stuff that I know. I put on my Hey Dudes and, and I don't care what they look like. It's just about comfort. They're out there wearing these platform, wedge, whatever, strappy things. I don't get how y'all do it. You ladies, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Ralph Judkins asks, and the player favorite uh, was, I guess he counted because he is willing to say that the player favorite was Venom. Uh, there was a lot of Venom out there. I loved the Venom. That's the one I wore at the game. I opened this one up for today because I already had the Venom hat on. I yeah. decided I'd wear the Hulk uh, here. Um. <laughs> I really didn't know what kind of superhero I was. I was sort of like a gunslinger superhero with a mask and a cape and a tutu. Right. But, uh, nobody complained. They said I was cute, so that's good enough for me. A uh, message for you, Leo. Lolise yes. says your things will be on the curb when the uh -oh. podcast is over. Ow. Wow. Uh, and Jim, our buddy from Inside the Walls podcast, on his 
podcast account says, ladies and gentlemen, the main event this evening, Leo versus Lolis. Um, bang, bang. That's no main wins. event. That's an <laughs> undercard. Wins. Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's not even, yeah, I wouldn't even be close. Uh, she'd win. Off the field uh, or around the field, just spectacular. I cannot express um, how wonderful this season has been uh, with the the production itself of the experience inside the Freeman Coliseum. Um, They're just knocking it out of the park over and over again. And uh, I've watched all of the NAL all season, and I've seen other teams do some really cool stuff, and I've seen other teams do some stuff that just fell flat. Christmas in July or whatever Orlando did a few weeks ago was awful. That's weird. Um, retro night, which is what they tried to call their 80s night, I think, fell very flat in Orlando as well. Um, time after time, the Gunslingers just do a hey, great fun. job putting together this, uh, this whole experience. And I can't say enough about how wonderful the experience is. But not everything was wonderful. Because then we had a football game. Oh. Yeah, it was. It started off It was good. fun. It was, it was good. competitive. Up until. The, until halftime. Turning points. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. got a lot to say about this game. Let's say. Some it. of it's going to say. Some of it's going to sound like excuses. I understand that. I'm a fan and fans make excuses for their teams sometimes. Some of this is going to sound like I'm too hard on the team. I'm a fan, and sometimes you're too hard on your team. Um, but first and foremost, I will say this. It was better. It wasn't yes. where we should be. Right. We should have won this game. Yes, we. But it was better than what we did the week before. Why? Well, part of it was being home in front of a home crowd. That just helps. That just helps things be better. The other part of it is Robert Kent Jr. looked better. He did not look perfect. He was not the cure-all. He did not fix everything. But I think he looked better than Arvell has looked the past few weeks. Am I wrong, Leo? Uh, no, you're not wrong. Um, I think the expectation for him to be close to perfect on his first game back, though, is a little unrealistic. Sure. Um, I I think we saw a lot of growing pains when you throw a guy under center and 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 declare him your starting quarterback um, at any point in the season when another guy has been there for multiple games, um, mm -hmm. much less the last game of the season. You're gonna you're gonna see some rough spots, and for the most part, he played very well in the first half. I remember there was times where I, there was a time where I looked at you, Philip, and I said, "Robert Kent Jr. looks like he could play this game for like two or three more years," yeah, because because he was that impressive. Um, and then the wheels kind of fell off in the second half. Mm -hmm. um, definitely some issues, some mistimings, uh, just not in a rhythm, and, and the timing was off, and it showed. Uh, there, there's James Palmer with the with a uh, mm -hmm. comment there. First drive of the second quarter was a huge turning point, but play calling overall. I agree 100%. Uh, first drive definitely was a big turning point. Um, I don't disagree with the play calling, but I disagree also because I think a lot of it was execution. 
some of those some of those plays they were there. The ball was just a little bit too low, a little bit too out of reach of the receivers, and that comes all down to timing, uh, repetition, being familiar with the quarterback and your receivers. Um, it, it, it's 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 a lot of uh, being together, you know, and and having having that rhythm. And and there wasn't there wasn't that in that second uh, quarter early on. It really really hurt the gunslingers. Well, I was happy the- to see that Kali was back, but there were other players that I was kind of surprised that they weren't playing. Like, uh, it's the name just escaped me. Um, Cody Brooks. Yeah, Cody Brooks was inactive for this game, and uh, if you're friends with Cody Brooks on Facebook, you know that he took that uh, to heart, and it bothered him, and it bothers anybody that knows Cody, and uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not in the coach's room. I don't understand the decision. I know they put Nico kind of in in that place. I don't feel like Nico – I'm sorry, Nico, if you're listening. I don't feel like Nico was a step above what Cody offered – um, I don't understand that decision, um, right. but I don't understand all the decisions. That's not my job. I'm not the head coach of the team. Uh, Doug White mentioned something on here. He said, should have left the team the way it was a few weeks ago. And then he came back and said, no need to keep hiring players. I got to disagree with you, Doug, and we can disagree and still be friends. Every other team in the NAL has constantly updated their schedule. We started out the season really well. And a lot of these teams have brought in new players and surpassed us. Um, I think, honestly, we are behind um, what other teams in our league have been doing. And that might be some of the reason that we have appeared to regress. I don't know. Again, I'm not a coach. Um, but you, And you mentioned a great point. You say not enough time to yeah. gel with those players. Yeah. I see that. I see that point. I understand that. Um James Palmer said, if I can call the plays in the stands, what do you think the other team's coaches and other team's players are able to do? Um, Good point. It's a good point. Alex McSwain says, we shot ourselves in the foot a few times with pass interference penalties. We did. Yep. Yep. We did. But when it comes down to penalties, and this is one of those things that in San Antonio, you guys are all going to agree with me and go, yeah, that's right. He shouldn't be able to do that. And everybody outside in the NAL is going to go, stop whining. But Leo and I and Ralph have all noticed this issue. Yep. Malik Henry mm. gets false start, or gets uh, offside penalties because he does this head bob that he's not allowed to do according to the rules. The rule book is very clear on this. When he gets up under center, he has to remain still. The rule book says he can rotate his shoulders and head to look for that player coming on motion, but he cannot simulate the snap with any part of his body. He does this head jerk, and a couple of times he even jerked his leg or his knee, and that caused the offside. We had had several offsides penalties, and on almost all of them, you can go back and watch exactly what I'm talking about. Man, that was making me mad. I was getting upset watching that because, yes – he he caught the gunslingers multiple times, very costly penalties. He knew what he was doing, um, and and the the officials let him get away with it the entire right. game, the entire so, second half. It was it was terrible. Now now there's a lot to say that you need to be disciplined. You need to watch right. the ball for the snap. Watch the ball. Um, 
All the things, sure. Yeah, like like um, um, Alex mentioned a little while ago, there were some really bad pass interference calls at some really bad moments when they weren't needed. Uh, that's part of discipline and understanding what sure. what you you know the situation and and not doing that. But this moment where you're obviously being drawn off sides and it's intentionally being done and the officials just are oblivious to it or just flat out just not calling it. Oh, that was frustrating. I was really, really mad watching the replay of the game uh, when I saw that. Um, and, and what that means going forward, uh, I know that we have Gunslinger's ownership that listens and pays attention to the show. Um, oh. Hi. Uh, great to have you guys listening. Wonderful to uh, to be a part of everything that you guys do. You can, before the playoffs, make sure that this kind of grievance is filed with the league and they know that this is something that this person does outside of the rules of play and they can notify officials that will be at that game and, and, affect, and, uh, and force him to play within the rules of the game. Um, there is another game coming up against Carolina. We don't know where it's going to be yet, but we are going to see Malik Henry again, and it's going to be a pretty important game. And if he is allowed to continue to do what is outside the rules and causing penalties that get called on us, that's just not right. Um, it's not whining. It is the rules of the game. And if they're not going to follow the rules of the game, uh, then what the hell? Um, we can't do anything, but I tend to believe that if you make that a point of emphasis to the league, that the officials in the next game will be watching for it. And I don't want them to get called on a bunch of false start penalties. That's not what I want. I want him to stop doing what's outside of the rules and play the game on the same level um, as we're playing the game. He's not yeah. a bobblehead. If you need to see it done right, Watch Robert Kent Jr. The yes. guy is a statue before the, the ball is snapped. The guy is incredible about keeping his whole body absolutely still, calling out signals, which I think is going to be the argument is, oh, he's just calling out the signal, and that's what's causing his head to move, and that's just not the case. He is he is jerking his head like a chicken eating. Like a bobblehead. Uh, like a bobblehead, yeah. sure. Yeah, if he's if he's just calling out the plays, then then the the back of his mouth must go all the way down to like the top of his shoulders or something. <laughs> like his his anatomy is off, and and some a doctor needs to take a look at him because uh, that's just not right. Uh, man, that was frustrating seeing that them getting away with that over and over and over again, and then you know no calls on the now. I don't want to blame officiating for this, but it seemed like this was a type of game where in a lot of situations, the refs, and it was even mentioned by, by um, um, the, the broadcast that, you know, they were letting them play. They keeping the, keeping the flags in their pockets, but in a critical game like this on critical plays, when you're talking like on fourth downs, uh, you know, third down conversions on, on really important plays, you got to throw that flag. And a lot of those non-calls went the other way where the gunslingers could have taken advantage of some calls that I thought were pretty obvious on the field. Pass interference in particular going where we're getting the calls on our side, but 
the Cobras didn't seem to be getting those calls on their side, and that right. was frustrating as well. I but agree. You could hear the crowd. They were booing. There was like th at least three or four times that the whole crowd was booing. They okay. Like the calls. All right. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, a few weeks ago, we came on the show and we started talking about booing from the microphone. And I said, gee, I really don't like that. I can't imagine that that's Chris. Chris is such a positive person. I can't see it being Chris Duell. And we talked about maybe it was Marcus. And then we determined it wasn't Marcus. Maybe it was the DJ. And we didn't know. It's Chris. It's Chris Duell. He's doing it. And he needs to stop. Stop leading the booing. If the fans boo, that's one thing. If Chris wants to say, hey, Gunslingers fans, tell them what you think of that call. That's one thing. But to boo and, and lead the booing over the microphone is something I don't like. I'm not a fan of it. I think it speaks poorly of our fan base and our franchise, and I don't want to hear it anymore. Agreed. But that's just my opinion. And the Gunslingers and Chris Duell and the Freeman Coliseum can do whatever they want to do with their product. I'm not going to stop watching over it or anything like that. It's just something that rubs me wrong every time it happens. Alex McSwain said, every time I heard the mic boo, I thought of Philip. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, it's just something that bothers me. I, I don't cringed. like it. I cringe. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, like, oh, like, it's, it's one of those things where you feel icky. You don't want to be, you don't want to be part of it, but we're, we don't have a choice. It just happens. And you're just because, like, please, Chris, just and, shut up. Don't do that. And I think about things way more than I should sometimes. Here's the biggest problem I have with it. What if it's a legitimate call? Yeah, Who are you booing right at that moment? If it's the right call, then you're booing your own players. Because yep. the refs are just doing their job. They had to call the pass interference because your guy grabbed the backside shoulder and pulled him around in the end zone. That happened. And then we're going to boo it. Well, in, in, in essence, we're booing our own player in our, our facility. Nope. Don't want to do that. Um, again, if there's a really egregious or a really frustrating call, I think that there's a way that the PA announcer can come on and say, uh, gee, what did you think of that, Gunslingers fans? Fans will figure it out, and they'll yeah. take it up. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll do it. Like, it's fine. Um, we can talk, apparently, until we're out of breath about when to make noise and when not to make noise. Apparently, that's never going to get through. When we're on offense, stop making noise. Yeah, and And I think fans even understand it, but for some reason... We're, we're we're encouraged to make noise when we're on offense. And I can tell you those guys would prefer you be quieter. Um, I'll just tell you that. So on that note, I'm going to bring something else up, Philip. You're in a, you're, th this is a professional organization and contributing to this top notch product. And we've talked about and praise are a mm -hmm. lot of professionals. Now, when you're a professional and you're, you have a part in, a critical game yes in front of in your your home venue in front of your home crowd it's on you to be absolutely perfect or as close to perfect as you can be now this one thing about the the, the booing with Chris Duell and everything I, I hate it I don't like it I don't agree with it it's it's a knock on the production that people see on the YouTube channel from other cities from other NAL teams and they could point at that and say I don't like the gunslingers because of this and we can't say much about it because yeah you're right you got us on that and I don't like that I don't like that they, they could do that um, but 
to go a little bit more and talk about professionalism and not being on top of your game and and really dropping the ball in what was a critical game where you actually contributed to diminishing that home field advantage that you're supposed to have. Whoever, I don't know who it was, but whomever or group of people or person that's in charge of the game clock and keeping the time when that, and I understand that there's challenges with technology. We've all had that technology breaks down all the time, but that breakdown in the second half that we lost at least a minute and a half of time because they had no idea how much time was left because the clock stopped and didn't run. The score wasn't updated. All of a sudden they realized that. And there's this long discussion between plays. And during that entire time, the clock was running. Yeah. So how do you, are you at your home field and you're down in a, in a national or, you know, in a, in the NAL game where every, possession is critical especially when you're down and you're allowing the clock to run while these guys are out there having this discussion that lasts like two two and a half minutes that was crazy i was beside myself so two issues there that i know of i know there was a software issue at one point it caused the entire thing to freeze up and i believe they had to do a reboot on it we've all been there with software last week i could not keep my laptop on and i kept popping off every 30 minutes i'm not doing it this week Yay. Um, Yay. You hear me? Yay. Stay where you are. Um, (laughs) Everybody send positive thoughts to my laptop right now because now we've talked about it. It's liable to do it again. Uh, We've all had software issues. That was the scoreboard not updating the clock, not running at that point. The other issue that you're talking about is when there was an interception that was absolutely an interception that Carolina got off the wall. The wall is live. Yep. And the ball bounced off the wall into the Carolina player in the end zone. It was an interception. It was not credited that way. And Coach Fuller was absolutely beside himself. And fairly, he was absolutely right to be as upset as he was. He wanted to talk to the referees about that. All of this I'm fine with. It was an interception. Coach Fuller wanted to talk about it. The refs came over and gave him some time. I'm okay with absolutely all of that. The clock ran through the entire conversation. Why? My understanding is we had a brand new clock operator that had not done it before. And because of the, uh, I would imagine, because of the software snafu and then uh, the, the clock operator not knowing what he's doing, that they didn't double check the times uh, and realized that we were a minute and a half off, but we did. We lost about a minute and a half worth of time because the clock operator continued to run the clock through that conversation. And not just that. I mean, um, you you ruin the momentum of uh, of the offense. You you I, so many things could have gone differently because that contributed to it. You are not supposed to contribute in that sense uh, and to be a disruptive force when you are supposed to be part of that home field advantage. Um, I don't understand why you would have a first timer. I, I, I don't want to like harp on anybody or make someone feel bad, but that person should, why, why in this situation on a critical game, would you have someone who doesn't have experience in uh, such guy, a critical role? The guy that usually does it is on vacation or got sick. Who knows? Um, yeah, never know. it's hard that's to know. unfortunate. Uh, Johnny Salazar says also clock running on PATs. That is NAL rules, man. 
Mm-hmm. That is the NAL rules. I went back and looked because I was also frustrated <laughs> with that, and I found it. It is the NAL rules that when the clock, when the ball is set on a PAT, when the uh, play clock is run, the game clock is also run. It is what it is. I don't like it, but that's the way it goes. Um, those are the rules. So I saw a lot of people asking a lot of things, and I want to get to as many of these as we can. The fight. Let's talk a little bit about the fight. Miles yes. uh, <clears throat> Kelly should absolutely have gotten the penalty he got. He probably should have been ejected. Absolutely. He should, he should not mm-hmm. be suspended. And here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll see. You see this when you go back and watch it. He got kicked in the kidney. He was upset because he got kicked in the kidney. It was completely inadvertent. He is playing defense. He forces Philip Barnett over the wall. And when Philip is going over the wall, Philip's foot whips around and bam, hit him right in the kidney. So Miles Kelly got ticked off and did something he shouldn't have done and tried to take Philip over. He absolutely should be penalized. He might even should be uh, ejected. He should absolutely not be suspended or fined for it, in my opinion. Like, I get it. I understand why he immediately lashed out. Because if you've ever been hit in the kidney, you know that hurts. Um, and Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you get ejected for a punch, right? Mm-hmm. What would you, what transgression would you consider worse against you? If someone punched you while you're wearing a helmet or, or pushed you over the wall head first? Right. To me, I'd Absolutely. rather someone throw a punch at me every single time. Uh, that was egregious. It, it could have resulted in a, in a serious injury to a very important player on our team. All the players are important, but a, a key right. a key piece to the offense. And and we're lucky it didn't. Uh, he right. absolutely should have been ejected from the game. I yeah, agree. I think so. Um, but I do fully understand where it came from. And I'm not willing to say that he should be suspended or fined or any of that kind of stuff. Um, Doug White says, coaches should have been involved uh, and should have been breaking it up. Um, I saw, I saw lots of stuff. I watched this a few times. Obviously I saw this kick. Um, I watched this a few times. Um, I saw Cody Brooks, a guy that was upset that he wasn't starting standing up for his teammates. I love seeing that even though like I would say, Hey Cody, probably not best to get in a fight when you're not wearing pads and everybody else is no armor. Um, (laughs) I saw, uh, Jordan Steubing jump in the middle of that with no, pads or no ability to protect himself and try to break some of that up. Some of the ownership. Um, I, I did not see the coaching staff, but I don't know where they were on the field or where any of that was. So I'm not going to say one uh, something one way or the other about that, but I did notice a lot of what was going on uh, in that fight. I do think that the penalty was fair. I do think an injection would have been fair. I don't think a fine or a suspension is, is warranted. Um, the game really came down to, and I know we've already touched on this, but the game really came down to, uh, the plays, the possessions around halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, James Fuller made an incredible decision to kick an onside kick right as halftime is, is, uh, is approaching because mm-hmm. he couldn't lose. He, he set up an opportunity there where we're going to catch them out of position and we're going to retain the ball and, and steal a possession. Or 
We're going to give them the ball on a short field that they're going to score real quick, and we're going to have time on the clock to get down the field and and negate that score and nullify that score, which is what they did. Exactly. That was genius. Um, I heard Gabe. I'll, I'll have to disagree with Gabe here. I heard Gabe on the uh, the call say he yeah. just didn't agree with that onside call, kick. Uh, he doesn't understand what was going on. I do. I did right when it happened. Uh, that's genius. He is using the clock in the field to his advantage, and he's saying, I'm either going to get possession and steal one, or I'm going to let them score quickly. Not let them, but they're going to score quickly, and I'm going to have enough time to get down and nullify that score and go two for one coming out of the half or, or, or uh, take away their two for one as they come out of the half because at that point we were getting the ball. Uh, in the second half. I thought Coach Fuller used the field and the clock incredibly well with that decision. Uh, You almost couldn't lose. You're either going to recover the onside kick or you're not. And either way, you set up an advantageous position for yourself. Um, I thought it was genius, actually. Uh, I mean, looking back at the moment, you're right. Good decision. Obviously, it worked out for him. But again, this goes back to what I said last week. Um, there's a deficiency in the gunslingers defense uh, oh, yeah. where you're, where you're allowing scores. Yeah. Um, I mean, this game, I think they allowed scores on every possession other than yeah. the doink off of the, off of the, uh, to use Gabe Fadias's term off yeah. of the, off of the net. That's the only stop that they had. And it technically isn't a real possession. Um, but in moments like that, that's when you expect your defense to make a play and and keep the other team from scoring when they only have what was it like 55 seconds to go down the field something like that and i will say this i believe that that head bob was used during that drive as well um which which further aided them i i might be wrong i might it might have been the second half the early possession there um but a, a little irked that the that they were able to score that quickly on the defense, because that was a key moment right there where they could have really taken a serious advantage going into the second half and been up and then have the ball first. I mean, I mean they ha- they could have had an opportunity to be up three scores. If, uh, if you need to go back and watch, because if you're like me and you were at the game, you go, the first half went really well. Yeah, it did. Up until like that. Really well. Yeah. And then the second half didn't. What happened? If you need to go back and find the moment when the wheels start to wobble, they're not falling off yet, but when the wheels start to wobble, it is Malik Henry's touchdown at the end of the first half. Like that is the first moment where you're like, oh, we're in trouble. Like that is that is the moment where it's like, geez, I think we might be in trouble. Um, Malik Henry's run uh, up the sideline, and in for the touchdown as basically as the half ended. Uh, I know they kicked off and then we returned it, and that was the end of the half. Um, Ralph Judkins says, You are correct, Leo. Scored every time. Only other was from the doink when they ran out the clock. Three head bobs, one leg twitch. Uh, he did all the numbers and kept the whole book as we looked through the game yesterday. Um, that was... Uh, that was the moment. And then, look, to come out in the second half with an opportunity to score the uh, the the first 
possession of the second half. I've said this before. It's not as often. I don't say this as often as my, it's hard to beat the same team three times, which is a good thing for us. Um, and some of those kind of things. But if you ever want to know who's going to win a football game, watch the first possession of each team in the second half. It might tell you everything you need to know. It certainly bared out in this game. For sure. Because the first possession of our uh, first of our possessions, we went down the field and could not punch it into the end zone. The Cobras take the ball and come right down the field and open up an 11 point lead. And we went from a five point lead over them to an 11 point deficit, a 16 point unanswered swing. And that was your ball game. Uh, I know we got within three at one point, right there at the end of the, the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, but. We got to within three, but it was still their possession. Um, so we still needed to wrestle away one possession from them, and we just weren't able to do that. Uh, so the ball game was really right there in those first two possessions of the second half. That was your ball game. Yep, defense has to make has to make more stops and and put stop putting the offense behind the eight ball. Um, because then there's more pressure on them. The play it affects the play calling. It affects it affects everything. Um, yeah. And you got to be able to defend. You, you got to be able to depend on your defense in a situation like like that. Um, and not silly penalties. A lot of silly defensive penalties. Um, so, like I said, uh, to me, the biggest issues in this game were execution, which is to be expected when you have a new guy under center. Not new, mm -hmm. new, but you know, it's his first time. He hadn't played, you know, all season. Not new at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Opposite um, of and, new in and that's, many ways. And, and because of that, that's why they looked, they were able to do so well in the first sure. half and actually keep it close and, sure. you know, had a chance at winning this game. A, a, a couple things go a different way, and the, the gunslingers, you know, could, could, could win here. Yeah. Um, but to me, the biggest issues were execution and and discipline on those penalties. Um, that said, that's some positive things to take from here because look, they had like what five days of preparation with Kent Jr. Mm -hmm. um, since the last game to get ready for this game. So you expect that. So now they have two weeks until their next game, wherever that might be. Correct. To prepare and get that timing down, get that rhythm, get a sense of each other. I see that as a positive. I mean, I think we've seen the best that the Cobras have to throw at us. And the gunslingers have a lot of room to grow, and that could spell trouble uh, for the Cobras. That, that might be able to surprise them next time. Discipline, another thing that can be worked on, needs to be drilled in some guys' heads. The biggest positive I, I'll take from this is we said on the last show the team needed to play like they were in control, like they believed they could be in control of the game. And they did that. I, I didn't. I got that sense from this team this yes. in this game and had not had that sense from them in the last couple of weeks. And I, I totally did, did have that feeling this time around. And to me, that, that said a lot. So as, as frustrated as we were with the situation of this game and, and what happened and, we and how it went down, and yeah, we were, um, there's a lot of positives to take where last week I was saying it they was lose hard. this game. I have very little to no hope about you know, going into the playoffs and, and being able to get a win in that first week. I don't feel that way this 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 time, even after the loss, because of things that we saw 
that kind of give us give us hope. I, I know I'm a Gunslingers fan, obviously, and I'm seeing through my red and blue colored uh, glasses, but still, uh, there were some real things there that we saw. Uh, Kali Rashad coming back and looking yes. spectacular. I mean, that guy has more heart than uh, it's, uh, any other team put together. That guy is amazing. The catch he had over the middle when uh, the defender hit him at the same time, actually about a second before the ball got there. Um, that catch, if Kali Rashad is not Kali Rashad, that is an interception going the other way. Right. Like that guy had that kind of jump on the ball. Kali got there and grabbed that ball out from the defender. Uh, any any other, I won't say any other player, but most other players, I think that's an interception going the other way. Right. I saw a glimpse of us being able to beat them in the previous games. I did not see that. So I really thought we were going to get a win out, out of this game. First half was different than the second half. And I just we wish we would have had some more umph there. Better timing. Yeah. Another mini rant for me, too, uh, That that's not positive, but but I, I have to say, since, we, since we're talking about Kali Rashad and I brought that up, um, and the officiating, I don't know who this crew was. They looked like new guys to me that I hadn't seen yeah, before. Yeah, I didn't see guys I and, was... Yeah, and we already talked about keeping the flags in your pocket or whatever. Um, I mean, Ralph, you, you, um, you guys on the broadcast had, had had talked a little bit about that. But I maintain that in a critical game like this, on critical plays, you got to throw that flag. Also, you got to have respect. Respect for the players that have earned it, where you're going to throw that flag when there's a, when there's a penalty against them. And a lot of these uh, pass interference calls that I think should have been called and weren't called were against Kali Rashad. And I don't know who these guys were, but you got to show that man a little bit of respect. He has earned it. He has earned the right to get that flag thrown when guys are grabbing his arm or grabbing his waist or his jersey or pulling him one way so he can't make that catch because they know they can't cover him. That, that makes happened. me mad. Yes. That yes. absolutely happened. Um I will say I am not respect. Uh, that is a very NBA fan way to talk. Uh, I am not the person that loves the NBA um, officiating system. I think if it's a foul, call it. And if it's not a foul, don't call it. And I actually would put a caveat in there and say, if it's a foul that affects the play, call it. And if it's a foul sure. that doesn't affect the play, don't call it, um, is actually the way I feel about that. But the idea that certain players deserve certain calls because of who they are is a very NBA way to think, and I just don't like that. If it's a foul, call it. If it's not a foul, don't call it. Um, I, I'm fine with that. But uh, And Kelly got absolutely, like, at the end of the game, the final opportunity that the Gunslingers had to uh, pull something, some sort of rabbit out of the hat was... Um, a Kali Rashad pass interference penalty where they wrapped their hands around his waist and pulled him away from jumping after a ball uh, on fourth down. It was the last opportunity that we had on that play, on that uh, possession to get a first down. And that's the last offensive ability we had to right the ship. And it was absolutely pass interference that wasn't called. 
Um, should have been called no matter who the guy is. No matter who the guy is, right? No? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's some guys that especially need to get that call. I, um, I don't understand it. It makes me mad. So I'm mad. We lose. <laughs> we lose the game. 63 yeah. to 45. Uh, not as the score is, is not as indicative of what this game actually was. We went into the True. fourth quarter with a three-point deficit. Like it could have gone another way. We can absolutely uh, beat this team with the team that we had on the field. Like it can I happen. Agree. It didn't, but it can't. Um well, good news, folks, because all of us thought going into this game that this game was all or nothing. We would either win this game and we would come back to San Antonio to play the playoff game against these same Cobras, or we would lose this game and we would have to go to Greensboro to play the Cobras there. And if this was a normal year in a normal league, that is absolutely true because every team plays the same amount of games and you can do the math in your head really easy. You don't have to sit down with an abacus and a calculator and like a computer do. with a special algorithm on it to figure <laughs> out playoff scenarios. But we're not in a normal league in a normal year. We are in the NAL, who already scheduled us in weird, different ways. Some teams had 14 games. Some teams had 12 games. And then we lost two teams Three. in the middle of the year. Well, we lost one at the beginning of the year, but they reworked yeah. that schedule. We lost two teams in the middle of the year, and they had to re-do uh, the whole schedule for the last five or six weeks. And so things got thrown in all kinds of weird ways. Mm -hmm. The San Antonio Gunslingers are done with their schedule. 12 games, 8 and 4. The Carolina Cobras have one game left to play, and they are currently 9 and 4 which means they play two extra games than we do. Yep. If they lose, they go to Jacksonville, by the way, to play the Jack. No, do they go to Jacksonville or is it in? No, it's in, Carolina? it's in Greensboro. Okay. It's in Greensboro. Greensboro. They play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Ha! They play against <laughs> the Jacksonville Sharks. I don't know. The Sharks might be the Jaguars right now. Uh, they play the Jacksonville Sharks. If they lose, Against the best team in the league, the 10 and 2 Jacksonville Sharks, they will wind up with a win percentage of 6.42. We. 6.42. Oh, uh, no, 0.642. I'm sorry. 0.642. If we, we are locked in, we are done with the regular season. We are locked in at 0.6. Six, seven, which means if the Jacksonville Sharks beat the Carolina Cobras on Saturday, we host a playoff game against the Carolina Cobras. Oh, wow. They come here. So, with that being said, folks, <laughs> here we go. It's Shark Week. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, before we get all week. It no guppies. <laughs> now, before anybody gets all upset, understand I live in a town where our team colors, our high school team colors are red and black, and we are the Sharks in Palacios. So this is not a Jacksonville Sharks hat. It is just a Palacios hat that I have that just says Sharks. Um, but we're Sharks fans this week. It's Sharks Week. Shark Week, baby. Um, go Sharks. How ironic. Go get them. Um, I'm tired of these snakes, right, Leo? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you who've read my uh, my uh, subtitle here, what do you call that, Philip? Under under my name, your headline. Neville, yeah, my headline. headline. Neville Flynn said it best. Neville Flynn. For those of you who don't know, is I'm tired of these bleeping bleeping yeah. snakes on this bleeping bleeping plane. <laughs> yeah, he's the character from that movie. Uh, played by uh, the great, um, and uh, the is, great Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know why Absolutely. I didn't think of his name. Is like, I'm tired of these mother flipping snakes on this mother flipping field. Right. Is why well, I'll say field because it's not a plane. But yes, right. uh, Johnny Salazar yeah. says, "I hope Jacksonville plays Castronova on Saturday." Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Hey, good evening, Coach Q. I will tell you right now. I do not believe. Now, this is all conjecture. I don't know. I don't know Jason Gibson. I know he likes to play defense when he gets a chance to. Um, I don't know Jason Gibson. Oh, you got a shark cup. I like I it. Do. I <laughs> do. Shark um, I will tell you this. I think Jason Gibson wants so badly to win a championship that he will keep his foot on the gas because he understands how quickly momentum and being in sync, that rhythm that you need, can dissipate by taking your foot off the gas. And they are it. They are in rhythm. They are in sync. Leo and I were talking uh, before the, the, the show, and he said, I can't, Carolina can beat Jacksonville. And I said, nope. Carolina can't beat them. I hope not. Carolina can't. If, if Jacksonville shows up, Carolina can't beat them. If Jacksonville shows up, the Gunslingers can't beat them. Jacksonville is playing incredibly good football yeah. right now. The only team that's going to beat Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Uh, now, if they decide to show up and not play, then, yeah, Carolina can beat them. If they go into a championship game against the San Antonio Gunslingers and something goes wrong, sure, uh, they, they, they could lose. But that's going to be because they fall apart, not because another team is strong enough to beat them. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Jacksonville is going into this game based on everything I'm seeing. I listened to an interview today with Coach Gibson. Business as usual. They're going to go play uh, Carolina. They're going to go beat Carolina. And I think it's in their best interest. They want the momentum. They want to keep the momentum. And... If we're really honest, I know we're all gunslinger fans. Here, I got to take this off. It's bothering me. Um, <laughs> I know we're all gunslingers fans. Uh, I know that we all love our San Antonio gunslingers. We should. But let me be really honest with you right now. Um, the gunslingers and Carolina, if those are the two teams you're looking at, like we're going to play one of those teams in the championship, you want the gunslingers right now. They just lost three games. They're looking like they're floundering. I'm going to make it as hard on Carolina as I can to get to this championship game. And if that means I make it a little easier for San Antonio, then I'll do that. Because if San Antonio ends up sneaking up and winning that game and they come to Jacksonville, I feel a lot better about my chances of winning this championship. Am I wrong? Like I think they're gonna make the the, the they're not gonna give the game to Carolina. A, they're just not wired that way. Right. And B, why would they? Why would they make it easier for Carolina to come beat them or come come match them? I'd much rather see the gunslingers. Yeah, they're probably more not worried is too strong of a word. They're probably concerned more about uh, Carolina than San Antonio at sure. this at this time. 
Kevin Cecil says Gibson hasn't won a championship in 19 years of coaching. This would be his first ring. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Johnny Salazar says Cobras lose to Jacksonville on Saturday. I believe you're right too, Johnny. And so, that means that Carolina will have to come back from Greensboro to the Freeman Coliseum after they get a butt whooping from Jacksonville and get knocked a little bit off of the high horse they're riding on right now. And then they come in to the Freeman Coliseum where the San Antonio Gunslingers will put them out of the playoffs. I guarantee Oh, it. Oh. So a couple things, oh Philip. So one, you're saying Coach G Gibson this week keeps his foot on the gas and mm -hmm. his hand over the wall. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Anything he needs to do to win, and that means if he has to play defense, he will. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And second on your point, not the home home advantage that we uh, deserve, but the home nope. advantage that I will take okay. nope. as a fan, and the Gunslingers will take, and we will take a part three of that, part two, whatever, at Freeman Coliseum. And if they come back in here with two weeks of preparation with uh, the Gunslingers and, and Robert Kent Jr., I believe they'll be seeing a different team. Let me address a couple of things. First and foremost, let me deal with what you just said about not the home field advantage we deserve. Let me be very clear, Gunslingers fans. This is a quirk of math that we absolutely, under no circumstances, deserve to host this playoff game, no matter what happens in Jacksonville. We should, by all rights, be going to Greensboro, no matter what happens this week. We're not. Because math works a specific way, and we got lucky, and that's all it is. We got lucky. Uh, well, they, they did win eight game. games. They, it's not all luck. They've they won, won nine. <laughs> they've won yeah. nine. Yeah. Okay, true. <laughs> like, we, we're going to get lucky. We're going to host a playoff game, I believe. And if we do, this is my next part. I guarantee a win. Why? Why can I be so sure that the San Antonio Gunslingers will win if the Carolina Cobras go to Freeman, you cannot. It is so hard to beat a team three times. Definitely beat a team three times in a row, which is fine. If that's the case, I'm glad they won the first two because the third one's the one that's going to matter. True. And so fine, if they win those two, great. I don't love that. I didn't love watching that on Saturday. But if that means that we're going to win this game, great. It's very hard to beat the same team three times, much less three times in a row. And... Check your calendar. What is the month that that game will take place in? August. Which is not in July. And I don't know if you've looked at the calendar yet, but July was awful for us. And we're going to yes. put that behind. July is over. We don't have to worry July. about July no more. We lost all three games in July. See ya. July. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we're going to go into August, a new month, our first playoff uh our first playoff appearance as a franchise? Question mark. Yeah. I'll Do we count that. the final game against North Texas as a playoff game? I don't think in the first season. It was already scheduled. It was a regular season yeah. scheduled game. The no. winner of it did go to play for the championship, but it was not a playoff game, right? No. That's not a playoff. It's not, it's not playoffs, no. You're 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 fighting for your life, but it's not a playoff game. Um, 
which is in the AAL. I realize a bunch of you guys don't even realize what, don't even know what I'm talking about. Don't worry about it. Wasn't that big deal. Um, We played for uh, the AAL West championship in a scheduled game. Uh, The winner got to go play Charlotte for the championship. Uh, North Texas beat us and they ended up going to Charlotte and winning um, that game and winning the AAL championship for whatever that's worth. Um, that year, that was the first gunslinger season. This will be our first playoff appearance. The first week of a brand new month, the, uh, the time, the extra time with Robert Kent, um, leading things. And on top of all of that, all of you gunslingers fans will be there and be cheering on your team and will be the ninth man on the field for your gunslingers. I just can't imagine um, with all that would be going for us at that point, that we don't rise to the occasion. So at this point, I am willing to guarantee if Jacksonville beats Carolina this week, we will go to the championship game in Jacksonville. Um, and then, who knows? Who knows what happens? It's one game. Uh, by all rights, Jacksonville should win. But that's why they play the games. You play the games because, you know, until you play, you don't know the actual... Final, so a championship is very much still in play here, no matter how bad July was. Uh, don't give up on this team yet. And I have one yep. more point that you didn't bring up. What's that? So August 6th is Jerry's birthday. And I asked him, what do you want for your birthday? And he says, whatever you want to give me. And that's what I want to give him. I want to give him a win because we're playing on the 5th. So for that reason, I know we're going to win. Because that's what they gave to my husband. Alex McSwain says, what's the date that we would host the first round playoff game? My understanding is it would be August 5th, that Saturday. Um, Not 100% sure because all of that is not set until uh, everything is is decided. But I am assuming it will be August 5th. Unofficially, we were given that date some time ago, but it's unofficial, sure. so we'll right, see. Right. Hey, bring up Robert Seco's uh, comment from uh, just a couple. Sure, of no ago. problem. Not, yes, Philip Huggenbob. <laughs> not that. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> I that, like that one better. <laughs> I, I I like this definitely. He says I would tip the league off this week for the Jacksonville versus Cobras game about the Henry Headbob. Let the refs look for it Saturday. I agree with that on many different levels. One, because they won't be able to use that as an advantage against the the, uh, Cobras and try and use that to sneak out a win. But two, two, um, if the referees are already looking for that in that game, there's no reason for them to not be looking at it the next game. And when we're arguing with them, you know, say, hey, it's there. They'll be like, we don't know what you're talking about because you can point to the last game. Oh, look at Lully's. Not her birthday, but she expects a win, too. All right, I guarantee a win win as well now because I can tell you when Lully's expects something, Lully's gets it. She gets what she wants. Um, (laughs) No, you know what's great about that? As the the co-host of the San Antonio Gunslingers uh, podcast, you can guarantee a win, and if you're wrong, like, so? I, I was wrong. Um I'm a big old fan and my heart got ahead of me, but no, <laughs> I really think things line up just right um, for the gunslingers to end up winning that game. And all kidding aside, um, if they show up in San Antonio 
two weeks from now, if things break our way and they show up in San Antonio thinking that they're going to see the same team that they saw the last two weeks, I think they're in for a surprise because I think we already sent them a signal this week that we're not the same team that you just beat last week. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I would be um, vindicated if we win and go to the championship game. And look, if I had told you at the beginning of the season that we would go eight and four in the regular season, mm-hmm. that we would win the first round playoffs and that we would go and have a chance to play for the championship, you would have taken it. Heck yeah. If I, oh, if I told you that we would lose our last three games of the regular season, lose the first round or the the number one seed and drop all the way to the three, but still that we would win the first round playoff game and go play for the championship, you still would have taken it. Heck yeah. So um, there's still plenty of opportunity for this team. Don't give up on them yet. And man, of course not. we had 3,100, almost 3,200 there for uh, this game. What can we do for a playoff game? Uh, let's start 30. selling it now, man. Let's start making a big deal about it right now. Um, Which leads us to, we've talked about the season, we've talked about the game, we've talked about the postseason, we've talked about the championship. Uh, Let me talk about this, though. Bud White says, play, don't stop believing. Um, Can we not, can we be done (laughs) with don't stop believing, please? What song would you play? I turn to Philip. During that, and I said, That is a great song, but I'm sick and tired of hearing it at home games because that's an indicator that we're behind and we need something special to happen to come back and take that game. I love the song, I don't want to hear it during our home games anymore. How about yeah. I the Tiger, even though we're not a tiger? I don't know. I have to think of a theme song. Uh, I do want us to, if we're going to do this, don't stop believing thing when we're down or when we need a boost uh can we get the final countdown when we're way ahead on somebody in the last few minutes of the game (laughs) like if we're gonna go out with with 80s uh rock 80s uh uh, hairband rock let's go with the right stuff and and let's do that too uh lolise says she will retire her wonder woman costume if we lose that's how much she's expecting a win hey gunslingers Players, coaches, anybody watching, you better win this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to, yeah. So we've talked all the way through that. Now we got to cover something. Several of you guys have asked questions about it already. Let's talk real briefly about the NAL and the indoor football scene going forward past this season. Many of you know, most of you know, that a league came out last week and made uh, a big announcement of 16 cities that they're going to be in. At one point, San Antonio was even listed incorrectly on that announcement. Yep. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what league it is. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to be like, hey, why doesn't he tell me what league it is? I will tell you this. I believe that currently, based on the information I currently have, the ownership group that is starting this league is doing so simply with a name that everyone recognizes, and they are betting all of their chips on the name recognition alone. It is not in any way connected to its previous iterations. 
And so I don't want to call it what they have named it because I think it lends them a certain amount of credibility that they have not earned yet. They don't, I'm not yeah. saying they won't. I'm right. saying they haven't. Not yet. Yep. You, the, the, you mentioned that they listed San Antonio as one of the cities. At the time, it didn't make any sense to me why. And now it does because things that have been you know, leaked, things that have been coming out in the news, it seems like they were listing places that those places, venues, municipalities, had absolutely no idea. <laughs> which which yeah. to me makes, I mean, you. some people might say, oh, well, it's a scam. I, that's too strong of a word, word at this point, in my opinion. I, I, I could certainly believe that this is maybe some individual or individuals who are trying to get something off the ground and trying to gain um, sponsorship uh, dollars or ownership investments by stating or misrepresenting what they have in place uh, that they really don't yet. That, to me, seems like the more likely scenario here. And when if that's the case, then very suspect. Um because it's hard to do what they're trying to do. Right. I would agree. Very hard. Like, the red flag was starting off with so many cities. I mean, we've been doing this, and usually it's a smaller number, and then you grow or you add to it. But to sure. start with 16 right off the bat, that was like, hmm, a little suspect for me. That's just my opinion. Many of the cities or venues that they have mentioned already, that this league has already mentioned, that they are going to be bringing arena football two have heard nothing from this organization right i like one, at one, least half one one quote from a city official on one of those locations uh, uh that i read that really struck me was um it's not to say it's off the table we could certainly discuss this but this is the part that he said that it really struck me it's closer to not being true than it is to being true. Right. I was like, wow. Now, the concern comes because if that's all this was, we could have not even had this conversation and just moved on and talked about gunslingers and Brahma's football and been fine. The problem comes with the fact that when they announced, they announced two markets that we are familiar with. West Texas playing in Odessa and Orlando. Later that day, Tuesday, both or the Orlando Predators and West Texas Warbirds announced that they have indeed intentions on going to this new league. That makes a league of five teams at the current time down to three teams. I'm showing and them the map. Many of you, many of you, uh, have reached out to me, have reached out to us, have reached out to others and said, What does this mean for the NAL? Does this mean the NAL is dead? Because you can't have a team with three. You can't have a league with three teams. You no. cannot. Can't do it. Here's what I will tell you. Here's what I know. Here's what I have learned. Some of this I can tell you where I get the information from. Somebody that you're just going to have to go with me on and I can't source it. Um, my understanding is at least one of those two teams, West Texas and Orlando, has already reached back out to the NAL after finding out more information about this entity and said, we may have made a mistake. Is the door still open for us to continue as part of the NAL? Not that they've said they're coming back, just asking if they've already burned that bridge. Mm -hmm. I have been, I've been led to believe that they were told, of course not. You can still be part of the NAL. You've not done anything at this point other than make a faulty announcement. 
the other team uh, may end up doing the same thing. They may end up coming back to the NAL if all of this falls apart on them because mm -hmm. that is where they played last. I have also been told that expansion, aggressive expansion for the NAL is right around the corner and, in fact, was ready to be announced when this announcement became public and it put the brakes on the announcement for rapid NAL expansion. Uh, if you've been, if you've had your ear to the ground, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about there. And that's really all I can say. Um, Chase Risman asks if the NAL folds, should the gunslingers move to the IFL? There are several teams around them that could help them on travel. Uh, and Raul brings up a great point. He says the NAL has no other option, but to leave the door open for them to stay. Uh, you're right. That's true. Um, as far as the IFL and the gunslingers as a whole, I asked the question of gunslingers ownership. What should I say today uh, when we have a show? And this is exactly what I got back from them. Lots of possibilities exist at this time for the San Antonio gunslingers. Whatever league we're in, San Antonio will be playing for a championship next year. So is that if that's the NAL, if that's the IFL, if that's another league that I currently isn't on my radar or I'm not even mentioning because it turns out to be legitimate, I don't know. What I do know is that there are opportunities available to the gunslingers because they run a class organization and other leagues have set up and take notice, taken notice and that they are committed to playing in 2024. That's all the information I can give you. By the way, that is exactly what Jacksonville has said. I mean, almost word for word what Jacksonville says, which leads me to believe that there's a lot of communication between Jacksonville and San Antonio, and I would assume Carolina as well. All three of those teams that now comprise the legacy NAL teams have been in discussion, and they've all, um, at least two of them, have come out with the same sort of conversation that says we're not sure where but we'll be somewhere next year we are not giving up on the indoor football game or the arena football game uh the ifl is interesting to me i will tell you i don't like the brand of football a lot i do however really like the way they run their organization they are run like a big-time league in a lot of ways that I wish the NAL would do. Um, so if that were to happen while the brand of football will take a little bit of time for me to get used to, uh, I'd be okay with that. Plus, uh, Leo, I don't know, we talked about this before, and it seemed like you were unaware. The IFL and the XFL have a deal, uh, a player deal yes. that works together. They're doing an IFL um, combine soon of IFL players. Um, for the XFL. Um, I love the idea of there being communication even more. Like the Gunslingers and the Brahmas had a relationship uh, through yes, the Brahma season and through the Gunslinger season. They did. I yes. like the idea of strengthening that bond if that were to happen. Um, personally, I love the style of football in the NAL. I love the Nets. I love the arena style of game. If you don't know a lot about indoor football, there's really kind of two brands here. There's the arena game and the indoor game, and they're different on some very 
very ticky tacky sort of areas. Um, Ralph says that the indoor game, the indoor version of the game is trying to take the outdoor version of the game and just squish it into the indoor area. Um, whereas the arena game is some different rules and making up some things. It's, it's, 12-year-olds that are playing football and like, hey, if I bounce it off the wall back there, you can still catch it and it's still a touchdown. Um, and that's fun. Like that's fun. It's yeah. it's entertain that. Very entertaining. It is. It's entertaining. Um, whatever the case, the Gunslingers believe they will be playing football somewhere next year. I don't know if that'll be the NAL. I don't know if the NAL survives. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you right now. Um, I... Based on the information I'm hearing right now, I would not be surprised if West Texas and Orlando wind up back here. We add four or five teams in some uh, pretty aggressive expansion, and we don't have a nine or ten team league next year, as opposed to what is currently a five team league. Um, so that may be a, a possible. That would be great. But either way, the most important thing is the San Antonio Gunslingers will have another season. And they will yep. be playing for a championship, regardless of what league that they're in. Right, Gary. I was just, just going to say to ownership, let us know because if you can bring us along, whatever league you go to, we would love to be to continue to be part of the Gunslingers, whatever league they go to. You know, we sure. love them, we support them, and uh, we just hope this is going to be an enjoyable ride without too many bumps. Yeah, Gary Vaught, uh, the official. Uh, who is also a patron of our show, and we love that, says if that league, the one that we're not mentioning the name of, forms, it will be a much lower level of football than the NAL. I have seen yep. some of the teams they are now currently reaching out to and talking about bringing in. They are semi-pro organizations, which I've got no problem. No. Semi-pro right. players that want to go out and play football and all that kind of stuff. But the organizations they're talking to are not organizations that lend themselves to a larger product, but a smaller product. Roll Nava, I'm surprised Kevin Cecil didn't get to it first. Says, hey, there's always the AIF with the Tritons. Man, I love the idea of San Antonio and Corpus Christi uh, playing against each other one day. Like, I love that idea. I don't know if that's in the AIF or, uh, you know, Something else, something bigger, something different. But hey, I'm fine with that. Uh, I would love to see the Tritons and the Gunslingers end up seeing each other on the field. I think that'd be great. Yeah. All for it. Alex, Alex McSwain, if the NAL expands to eight teams, eight plus teams, I'd like to see divisions and conf or conferences, more opportunities to win banners to hang from the rafters. Um, I think if you have eight teams, you can have divisions. Uh, but I also think it's not necessary at eight. Once you get to 12, I think you really need to start thinking about that kind of setup. Sure. So that's all we have for you on that league, on that development. We don't know what it means for the Gunslingers yet, but we know that the Gunslingers will still be around. Whether the NAL will still be around, I, I honestly believe that's up in the air right now. I think... The three legacy teams of the NAL are not sure what they're going to do just yet. And because of that, I don't think any of us can be sure. Um, and really, that's smart. I mean, that's smart for them to kind of stay put and 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 wait while things develop and, and work on options. 
than just Keep jumping your ship. Open. As you said, like, of the two teams that jumped ship, you know, knee-jerk reaction, one of them's already saying, uh-oh, I think we may maybe made a mistake. And I come That's back. the information I'm getting is that they're yeah. already uh, trying to douse the bridge right now and see if it's still um, still good enough to walk across if they need to come back. The Brahma babe, Renee, uh, says, do y'all think the XFL entering the picture has caused all this moving around and such? No. If mm -hmm. you learn anything about indoor football outside of Jacksonville, Florida, and Arizona, the Rattlers, um, and maybe Iowa, the Barnstormers, Man, these teams move around and change and change leagues, and this is this is kind of part of the whole deal. I hope that the San Antonio Gunslingers becomes one of those organizations that ten or fifteen years down the road is still playing and is is seen as one of those organizations that also doesn't do that. But by and large, and and a large majority of indoor arena football teams, this kind of just happens. This kind of movement seems. More to common than always not. in flux. Yep. The IFL has been really good about being static in a lot of ways. The teams they have are usually the teams they have. They may add a couple, they may lose a couple, but the, the core of the IFL really stays the same. Um, and I kind of love that. I will add to that though. A big part of the reason for a lot of that movement and instability or not instability, but flux fluctuation, a lot of that has to do with ownerships um, yes. and and the ownership of the gunslingers, as we said time and time again, and will continue to say is top notch and really mm -hmm. invested in this product that they put on the field. So we can always be hopeful and um, lean on that, that we know that uh, the organization is in good hands and the best decisions are being, you know, contemplated and will be made. For sure. James Palmer says, I see the gunslinger sticking around and doing whatever the Sharks do. I found it very telling that the almost within the same minute, I was listening to the Sharks uh, on Jacksonville radio earlier today because somebody told me that they had commented on some of this. And at the same time, I was texting uh, contacts inside the gunslinger organization. And within about 20 minutes of each other, I got nearly the same words from Jacksonville and San Antonio about what they're thinking about for the future. And those words were, we are being uh, courted by several different opportunities right now. The, the word courted was used by both. It was used by the Gunslingers organization and it was used on that radio show in Jacksonville. And I found that very interesting because I've heard there are daily conversations going on inside the NAL about what's next. And the fact that both teams use the same word led me to believe that, yes, they are in some sort of way kind of hooking together and going, look, whatever you guys decide to do or if something becomes where you guys are going, we'd like to maybe head that direction too. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Renee says expansion season is free agency in uh, these indoor leagues or arena leagues. Leo's right. A lot of bad owners who get into the game so they can say they own a team. That's true. Ro Lava. Yeah. 
Raul Navas says, is there a possibility that the Gunslingers might take the franchise in Austin and move up there? What? No. Uh, no. I don't. Big no. No. And I'm not no. just saying no. <laughs> Come on, man. I am not just saying no because I'm a fan and want them to stay in San Antonio. I am saying no because I cannot imagine in any scenario that the Gunslinger's ownership would have any desire whatsoever to be in the Austin area for a lot of reasons. I get it. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, Raul says football city and cheaper venue. Uh, Too many maybe so, San Antonio. but there's a lot of San Antonio things uh, and anti-Austin things that uh, I think you would have to take into account. If ownership were to change, if the ownership sold out to a different ownership group, maybe that happens. This particular ownership group, no, that's not happening. Um, no, not not this ownership group. Not to mention, I don't know, you got, you got a different kind of people in Austin, a different kind of crowd. You might even be forced to change your team name up there. Yeah, you would. I think you absolutely would. Yeah. That's part of what I'm talking about. Uh, James Palmer said, I could see the Spurs going to Austin before the gunslingers. Uh, Leo does not want to hear any talk about these Spurs going to anywhere. Raul and I are about to, Raul and I are about to not be friends with his other comment. Uh, which one is that? I've heard they got good tacos. Now I know he's just talking crap. Now, now I know he's just trying to get a rise out of us because he's trying to pull yeah. your chain. False. 100%. Jim Renee also brings up that that cheaper venue is about to be demolished in Austin. That's <laughs> yes, too. it is. Uh, bring hockey. Sure. Abel says, bring hockey back to the 210. Absolutely. I want yes. hockey in San Antonio. Make I'll that go. happen. Bring back the iguanas. Bring back the iguanas. Um, I wasn't even an iguana fan, but I've heard so much from iguanas fans that I want San Antonio iguanas hockey back. Um, I love hockey. And I would love to have the San Antonio Iguanas back. Um, just like Spurs Sports and Entertainment to force them out and create their own team and then sell the team and let it move away. Thanks a lot, Spurs. <laughs> Alfred Silver Rodriguez stars. is with me. Silver Bring stars. back the Iguanas. Uh, so Five memories of the Blackhawks in Chicago going to the hockey games over there. I love hockey. Hockey's great stuff. Um, no, I don't imagine that the gunslingers will move in their current form to Austin and be the Austin franchise. In fact, I've heard of a semi-pro organization that has already been tapped to move from the Metroplex, from the Dallas area, down to Austin to be that team. That's right. A semi-pro team is all they can seem to come up with that is willing to move down to Austin and become the Austin ownership group and team there. Again, a lot of this stuff sounds fishy. And until I see a lot more, mm -mm. Frisco? Question mark? Uh, what, what's that all about, Johnny? Uh, Frisco has a team in the IFL. They are really good. They are in the playoffs. Uh, they are playing for their conference. I think their conference is in the IFL. They're playing for their conference championship this weekend. Um, I'm like just Frisco. reading through. 
Yeah, a lot of comments yeah, yeah. coming in. This is good. Yeah, though. we're we getting like a lot. That's great. We love it. We love okay. the interaction. So you're going to have Gunslingers football next year. It's going to be, I assume, in the Freeman, unless something really crazy were to happen with AT&T Center and we were able to move next door. But I don't think we need to do that yet. I think the Not Freeman is kind of perfect um, for what we're where we are right now. Um, <clears throat> Alex McSwain, is that the North Texas Bulls willing to come to Austin? No, it's the Dallas Prime is what I've heard. Yeah, the Dallas Prime. Um and that may not be accurate. That's a rumor I've heard that they are changing their name to the Texas Prime and moving to Austin. Uh, I don't know that that's true. I am not saying that's the case. Do not say Philip said, because uh, Philip did not say. He said he had heard that. Um, RC, yeah, we got a note. We yeah. did. We, we did get a note. So for someone proof, sent says, a letter. Someone sent Miss a letter. Miss RC and the Smoking Guns podcast. So it wasn't just to me; it's for all of us. And look at this I beautiful thing. I wonder who it's card. from. Look at that. It says thank you with all the beautiful six shooters on there, and then it says thank you, and then all of the cheerleaders signed it. Isn't that great? That's so awesome. It is to great. The six shooters. Uh, thank you to Coach Cassie. You did a wonderful job. Very professional. You know, I've gone on here before. I love your style. I love your professionalism. I love the outfits that you wear. Um, very pro uh, role models for the young uh, girls or boys or whoever's watching the fans um, of the San Antonio Gunslingers. I've said on previous shows what I don't like about the other teams. Again, sure. I think that we should be in the running for the best um, cheerleading team. Um, uh, apparently the Cobras have been wanting it three years in a row. I don't know why, but again, we <laughs> kind of asked why we haven't been asked or what, what's, what's the criteria? Is there a form we have to fill out? Crickets, crickets. No one has been able to tell me how do we get in for the running of the best cheerleading group. So again, or, um, calling out the commissioner, contact us, contact the show. And let us know what we could do to help. So I was actually on a phone call today with several other folks around the league who yeah. have ballots for the uh, superlative awards that the NAL, it's it's time to make nominations okay. um, for those superlative awards. So player awards, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. I don't have a vote. I don't have a ballot. I'm not that guy yet. That's fine. But I was talking to a few people that did, and we were just kind of throwing around some names and sort of, uh, you know, jogging our creative juices. And I got to be right. on that call. When we got to best cheerleading crew, hands down, all the way around the table, the virtual table, six shooters. Yay! So I wouldn't be, yeah. And Alex McSwain says Gunner. I think he means Top Gunner. Uh, top Gunner for best mascot. That was another one that was immediately. Like everybody around the table went, well, that's obvious. Um, but the six shooters were mentioned there as the uh, as everybody's favorite. That that doesn't necessarily mean they'll win the award. That's All okay. those things get messed up. But as far as nominations were concerned, in that group, which is hardly the whole group of folks that nominate, but in that group at that sample size, it was a no brainer to everybody that was on that call that it was like, oh, well, that's the six shooters. Uh, oh, that also, game, very cool. Happy. 
Also, game production was another no-brainer, um, but it was down between two teams, and it was Jacksonville or San Antonio um, were the two teams that everybody we was kind of like, well, it's one of these two teams. Huh? We have the merchandise. We have the noisemakers. We have everything. We do. It's a no-brainer we right do. there. Yep. Uh, Jamar Washington says, if the six shooters don't win, I'll question the election. Hey, some things are just different. Um, we've all seen that guy win the MVP when he didn't really deserve it, but everybody thinks that he's really awesome and he's a big name, so he gets the MVP. Alex Rodriguez. Um, and and those kind of things happen. So you never know. Um, well, I know they deserve it. Put it that way. And Inside the Walls needs a Best Franchise or Team Podcast Award. Yeah, Runner they're up. good. Runner sure. up. They can have <laughs> Runner up. I guess that award. Thanks, Alex McSwain, for coming on our show and saying another podcast deserves the award for Appreciate Best Franchise that. or Team Podcast. <laughs> cool. Great, dude. Awesome. <laughs> um, Delete, delete. No, it's fine. <laughs> Inside it's, the walls no. is great. Yes. Jim and Zach do great job. They do yes, a great they job. Do. Um, I wouldn't be upset with that at all. Jim Renee is going to give me a hard time about that for a very, very long time because he's still listening. Don't you have a show to do? <laughs> Go do your show. Stop listening in on my show where my people say you're better. Um <laughs> Go to your show. That's right. Um, Alex, no, Jim and Zach are great. Alex is clarifying. He's saying no, no. What that they need? He's saying that they need to sponsor it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then they couldn't win it because you can't sponsor something and then, and then win, right? But then who's? <laughs> but if you take them out of the running, like who's left? No, we're it. Like there's no, a it. there's a coaches show in Carolina. I hear. And then there's shark bites in Jacksonville, but they're not near as good as the Smoking Guns podcast. No, so not at all. Uh, at least not as interactive as we are. Oh, we're so full of ourselves on this show sometimes. We sure are. Hey, uh, we've talked a lot about the gunslingers, and we should because <laughs> we it's almost playoff to. time. Do what? What I did you say, Arcee? What, really Arcee? Compare to. I said, Nobody. who else do we really have to compare to? Nobody. I, That's nobody. right. It's good. We, it's we all good. brag about it's ourselves. Good. Pat ourselves on the back. Give ourselves a thumbs up and a bang bang. Oh, other things we want to talk about with the gunslingers. Telemundo has been out at every single game, uh, reporting on the games. That's really cool. That I is love a really it. cool deal. They're very interactive with the fans, asking them if they want to speak in English or Spanish. They're always taking pictures whenever I have a sign or whenever I take that group picture, always right there. And then I can say that they always show a clip of us at the 10 o'clock uh, news. So thank you, Univision. Gracias, Univision. James Bernay says, Spoken Guns podcast thinks Inside the Walls podcast is tier one. Respect. Absolutely. Um, our show wouldn't be as good without your show. I'll be honest. Um, a lot of my information and my connections come from you guys and specifically from you, Jim. And we don't for any, for one second, uh, discount what your show does for the league and, uh, and what for the price they pay you, which is nothing. Um, you do great work. Uh, you would do great work even if they paid you, 
but for the price they get, they've got a steal right now um, for for two guys that that love the league and love the sport and work on the sport like they do. Brian, check it in. Brian Winslow. Hey, Brian. So good to see hey, you Brian. and the family. Hey, Brian. So glad you're down there. Yeah. Lolise wants to know um, who's taking Leo in tonight. Um, Philip, look what you did, man. Raul right. says Univision or Telemundo. Yeah, it was Telemundo. Was it, it Univision or oh. Telemundo? I think it was Univision. Oh, is it Univision? Univision? That covers that's at the Gunslingers. Yeah, which one was it? Because there's two. There's well, two I know. I know they're one of the sponsors. Well, now you got me thinking. Johnny Salazar says he's got me. I got a place to sleep tonight, guys. <laughs> All right, good, good. Nobody worry. He's got a place to sleep. So just to recap before we move on to other things about the Gunslingers, the Gunslingers have the opportunity to host a playoff game for the first time in franchise history if Jacksonville beats the Cobras on Saturday night. So dust up your white and red or white or black and red stuff on Saturday and sit down and watch that game and cheer for the Sharks. We don't do it often, but you're going to do it there. And then if that game comes to San Antonio, we collectively as a podcast guarantee a championship game berth. Yes. Guarantee. You get your money back for listening to this show. If if it doesn't work out, you get we we will give what? you all the money back that you paid to listen to this show tonight. If we're wrong, every time we all agreed every on time. this tonight. <laughs> what you paid to see the show tonight? What yeah. you paid to see the show oh, tonight? Tonight, okay. we'll give you all your money back. That's our guarantee. Um, we're not talking about your internet bill. <laughs> no, nope. Just the entry fee you paid to watch or listen to this show today. Uh, we will refund that to you. Um, it's free. The show is free. Uh, the show is always free. We have some wonderful patrons that we're yes, going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, but the show is free. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Brahmas because there is some Brahma news. Yeah. First yeah. and foremost, I know so many of you are asking and you've asked us and, and we're ready to talk about what's happening on August 1st. You know what's happening? Because if you do tell me, tell I don't us. know. <laughs> they they keep putting that out there, eight one, eight one, and we're like, what's happening? Eight one. Everybody's wondering. And everybody's know. reaching out to us at the game. I bet we answered the question a dozen times. So what's going on on eight one? We have no idea. None. They are keeping mm-hmm. the tightest lip they can on all this. I have no idea what's going on. Where's John? Where's uh, uh, Johnny like Navarez? He's got to give us a, a insight here. I I think if I have to guess, I think it's the schedule. I, I it could be the schedule, schedule, but man, it's early. That would be really early for a schedule. Maybe they're adding new cities. Uh, Brian Winsloff mentions it is a league wide thing. It's not just right. Uh, That's right. It's not just the Brahmas. So a schedule right. would make sense. Um, what did you just say, RC? You said you think it's adding teams? No. Adding teams. No. No. Nope. Uh, every they team did. is going to start advertising well, on a well, one. They did apply for um, uh, the copyright rights to the LA team, to the, the, sure. the name for the LA team again. But that's not happening this next season. There's no, no. way. 
I can't imagine that it would. Um, the reason you do that when you have no specific plans to immediately put is to keep your rights on that copyright. It has been out of use for two years. Somebody may have made a claim on it. Somebody may have asked the the copyright office about it, and you had to renew your claim on it or something along that line. Um, Jamar Washington, Jay Washington says schedule probably so they can get season tickets, uh, people month in advance to get time off. I I can see it be. It just seems very early for the schedule to me. I hope it's a schedule. That'd be great. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. On the subject of the season tickets thing, which may tie into that though, I can confirm that I got an email today from my XFL uh, ticket rep saying, hey, we are now open and available to bring in new fans and to purchase not returning fans who are who have renewed their prior uh, seating from last season, but new fans who want to get in on the fun um, and join the, the crew. Um, they are now talking to those people and making arrangements with them to reserve seats and take their orders. I got that email today. So if you are a Brahma's uh, season ticket holder, check your email if you haven't already. You probably got an email there too, and they're saying, hey, if you can refer anyone, have them call me and do that because the more fans we have in the Alamo Dome, the better. Right. Absolutely. We want all the fans in the Alamo Dome as we watch the San Antonio Brahma's win their first championship uh, in the XFL next season. Um Brian Winsloff's working on getting his seats. Good deal. Um, I, got, I got my seats right next to Leo, right? The roll right in front. Oh, I'm sorry, Leo. Yep, cool. No, I'm so- oh. What? <laughs> oh, we're happy to have Right in front of you. Here. She's going to have the noisemakers oh, and the pom-poms you and cannot, all that stuff. You cannot hold the, that sign up. You cannot no, hold I'll, a sign up sitting no, in I front won't. of me. I won't. That's the yeah, one thing I will done. say. Keep the sign down. <laughs> um... I'm bringing my pom-poms, though. Other Brahma's news, uh, they they have got a televised... The XFL as a whole has a televised combine coming up this week. Yes. So if you're just aching to know what kind of players you can look for in the XFL next year, uh, log on and check that out. I'm I'm imagining it's a web uh, broadcast. Is that right? They're going to stream it. I think you go to the XFL site directly to stream it on the 26th and the 27th. So today's what Monday. So that means Wednesday and Thursday. I actually yeah. think the, the, the combine itself started today because they were yeah, announcing stuff so. yesterday. Um, and what this combine is, is basically all the, um, uh, I can't think of the word that they were calling this where they, they're inviting players to come out and, and, uh, and show off a, their skills and kind of evaluating them seeing, and they took the best from those and invited them to this combine. So these are the best of all of those uh, events that they were holding across the country. The name of what they call those escapes me right now. I apologize, but that's what this is. Um, Showcases. Was that what they were calling them? Showcase. Yeah, probably. And what city? Uh, Numerous cities. No, it's all in one place, but uh, I don't know the answer to that question, what city it's going to be held in. If someone knows, chime in and let us know. I'm not sure on that one. And the Brahmas have holes to fill um, because we need a kicker because uh, John Parker Romo is going to be in the NFL next year. 
we need offensive linemen because we didn't have one last year. We need <laughs> um, <laughs> we need most likely a quarterback. Jack Cohn is uh, trying his hand in the NFL, and Reed Sinet, oh. we found out earlier today, uh, I believe, is also headed to the NFL. Go uh, ahead. Duh, the Combine's in Arlington. We should have been able to know that, seeing how they, oh. Oh, they do everything in Arlington. And then Brian right. Winslow comes up says it's in Arlington. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so all of those, that, that's all happening. That's fun. This is about the time of year that you should start paying attention to XFL stuff. It's been kind of a quiet sort of lull Transition. since uh, the championship game. But now I would expect to see things start heating up. This is about the time last year that they began announcing markets. I remember I had just moved into the house here in Palacios when they made the announcement of markets, and that was a year ago. Um, so this is when they start kicking off getting ready for the new season, or at least that's what they did last year. So now you should start to see some of those things begin to heat up. Will the NAL have a combine to showcase their players? I don't know that answer. I know the IFL is doing a combine. Um, but the IFL has a relationship directly with the XFL. And I do not believe that the NAL has that same step at this time. Any other Brahmas or XFL stuff going on? Well, did we already mention about uh, Brahma Babe getting the president of the nope. football? No. Okay. Tell well, us what that's all about. about. Well, um, just a little information. I know that Brahma Babe is one of our super fans from the Brahmas, and that's Renee Peters. And she was um, excited to share that the ladies of football is expanding, and she has been named the first XFL captain representing the San Antonio division for the Brahmas. So we're excited about that. So any help or anything that she needs, yeah, feel free to contact us here at the Smoking Guns Podcast and feel free to contact me, R.C. Wood. Always there to help and promote females in football. As I say, if she needs to recruit more females that want to be a part of that, yeah, uh, for we, sure. will, we will definitely spread the word for her. And I think the Horse Forward uh, podcast is having a, an event coming up too. Yes. I know they've still got their show going on on Friday nights. Go and give them a listen. They're running through all of the super fans around the XFL. So they've had, um, God, just a ton of people on there. Mm -hmm. um, go check them out when you get the opportunity. Uh, you learn a lot about some of these folks and how much the XFL means to them. You're one of those people. If you're an XFL fan, you're one that it means a lot to you, too. Um, so go find out these people's stories and, and get to know them better, whether they're here in San Antonio or from St. Louis, or I think this week they got somebody from DC that they're talking to captain awesome. obvious. Um, go Obvious. check them out. Yeah. What were you going to say, Leo? Oh, nothing. I was just, uh, uh I was just confirming that there is an event oh, coming what? up that they were going to hold. I, I don't know the exact details of it, uh, but I had seen some things going, going around about that event that that podcast was, uh, is holding with the uh, the Brahma fan base August fifth. Yeah, Brian is one who talked to me about it, so, and he's here with us. So it's, it's August fifth, and I think they're doing some kind of a 
fundraiser or some sort of a drive where they're back to school. Yeah, back to school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's very cool stuff. Giving back to the community with that for sure. Yeah, great guys over there. They're continuing to hold down the fort on the Brahma side of things while we have uh, taken some time to spend uh, time with our gunslingers. Love that we have other folks around the area that are uh, talking about the Brahmas because we're excited. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I'm almost more excited about Brahma season than I am the NFL season. The only thing uh, that makes me more excited about the Brahma season uh, the NFL season than the Brahma season is that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And that's oh, yeah, really that's exciting right. to me. That's really, really a big deal to me. Um, and so that's really exciting. August 5th, Philip. Uh, Brian says, Philip needs to read my comment. There, I read it. <laughs> he says, I think this is the one he's talking about. He said, Brahmas will get a good quarterback this season. Just like I told people that Barbie was going to be the surprise hit of the summer. Hold me to this, Brahmas, will be the team to watch in 24. I agree with you, Brian. I am on your side. I think they are going to be the team to watch in 24. I saw a note. Did you see this, Leo, that they are looking for exploring other places for the Roughnecks to play? They may not be back in TDECU Stadium next year. Uh, I, I saw something about that, yes. Yeah. Right now I'm busy being upset with you. Philip James Palmer <laughs> says saying the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl is like saying they'll be playing the Broncos of the Super Bowl. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> will beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Sure. That's I'm a I'm Broncos saying. fan and I'm not saying that, but this this is why I'm upset with you, Philip. You already made one guarantee earlier in this show. <laughs> and now you're following up with two. that junk. So, you know, you, you just totally discredited your first guarantee with that second statement. So no. I am upset with you. No, no. Well, Both I don't know strong. why Bri I don't know why Brian was surprised about the Barbie movie. I knew it was going to be a summer hit. So I don't know about <laughs> Let that. Let me tell you, we finally got an opportunity to go take the family over to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. If you haven't gone and seen it yet, save your money. Wait for it to come out on streaming. Uh, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just eh, there. Um, I, I didn't have any particular feelings about it one way or the other. However, uh, we went on Saturday. Friday. I'm sorry. We went on Friday. And as we walked in and as we walked out, we were inundated by people in pink everywhere we looked. <laughs> because I was one of them. It's here. And the Barbie movie is is big news, apparently. Um, Dak did promise to throw less interceptions this year. That's good news yeah, for we the heard Cowboys. About that. Jags are going to win the Super Bowl and lose to Philly. That's not right all the way around. Not at um, all. When did this become incorrect. the crazy prediction show? I that's have no the, idea. The, Every, everyone's the, gone to like uh, Barbie land right now. Barbie <clears> Hollywood. <throat> They're all going crazy. Jay Washington says the MLS stadium in Houston, possibly Rice Stadium is the front runner. I think Rice Stadium, if they go anywhere, will be where they end up. I really like TDECU. If you uh, remember back in the XFL season, I went to a few games there and I really thought it was a perfect place for XFL it football. It was a great so. venue. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm sad if, if they're not going to be 
uh, playing there next season. But as, as long as they're playing somewhere. But still, that well, was a great venue. That is a great venue. Brian is about to become your favorite, Fred Leo. He said it's probably going to be Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. I know how excited you. Unfriend, block, delete. Well, I got tickets. I know. I got tickets. Just kidding, Brian. I wouldn't do that to you. I got tickets to the Cowboys and Lions game on December thirtieth. You gonna go cheer on our uh, our our former commander and and Brahma's players that are gonna be on that Lions team? That's the plan. That's the plan. Very cool. Well, I'll be cheering against them that particular day. I'll tell you that right now. Definitely Um, reaching out to Scott Daly. Love John Parker Romo. Love Scott Daly, but not when they're playing against my Cowboys. That's not the way that works. Uh, Brian says he's not a Kansas City fan, just stating the obvious. It's not. It's hardly obvious. Hardly. (laughs) Obvious. Uh, that Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl. They got a lot of work to do. They've got a great team, but it's so hard um, to get all the way to the Super Bowl, especially when you have a team of destiny like the Dallas Cowboys standing in your way. Um, oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Are we ready to end uh, the show? <laughs> great, great note here from Abel Garcia. He says, How about Carolina and T.C. Stevens tying the deuce record? Yes. Man, that's great. You got to give good credit. For- Good for TC. I wish he hadn't done it against us in our own building. I think every one of those deuces he kicked was down in our end zone too. And so I would watch it hit that net and just every time. Uh, Yeah. As a matter of fact, earlier in the show, you were alluding to something about uh, something that things that happened in the first half um, that was uh, making it uh, difficult for the gunslingers to, to come back or, or take the lead, and I thought you were going to mention that at that point because when you're consistently hitting deuces like that, it's 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 yeah. tough. It's it's like another possession. It's it is. It's another possession. Yeah. yeah when yep. you hit that many, I mean, that's ten points. Yeah. He had five, right? Yeah. And one of them was off of the kickoff or the second half when we're supposed to get the ball back and 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 you know have the first opportunity to score points because you flip the coin and you defer which is exactly why that rule needs to be that kickoff kicks do not count for deuces i hate I agree. it it I sucks agree. 100% agree with you i know a lot of our fans disagree with that but i don't care i hate it well this Especially. is me clapping for him <laughs> hey you got to give him you got to give him the credit like that's incredible I'm, um, I'm clapping. Hitting his deuces, not missing any extra points. He did what his he, his team needed him to do to yep. win the game. Way to go. Just Glad not against he was the there. gunslingers. I just wish yeah, it just wasn't against, against the gunslingers. Yeah, and it was and don't do four. it next week against the Sharks either. Yeah, I believe it was four. Yeah, it was four. Abel, Abel corrected me, and Abel is right. Um, well, that's about it. Like the gunslingers are on a bye next week. I have been asked by head coach Fred Shaw that he that we make time for him next week for oh, sure. during the show. I told him he can have as much time as he wants. Absolutely. Uh, and come on and spend time with us as we gear up for the playoffs. We would love to have Coach Fred Shaw come and join us. Uh, we know he's been busy as he's made this push through the back end of the season, so he hasn't been able to join us a bunch, but he asked specifically at the end of the game if we would have time for him. He originally asked for tonight, and then he said, wait, we have a bye week. 
can we do it the, the Monday before the game, before the playoff game? And I said, you bet you can, Coach. We'll give you as much time as you want. Um, awesome. So that is the plan right now. Uh, scheduled to appear is the way we like to say that in the business because if something pops up on him, um, he may not make it out, but his plan right now is to be spending some time with you. So think of your questions. Think of your comments. Think of the things that you want Fred Shaw to know as he goes into his first NAL playoff game next week. And hopefully that game will be right here in uh, the Freeman Coliseum. Because as we know, the Cobras have to play the Sharks. And it's Shark Week, baby. It's Shark Week. Um, we need the Sharks to win. We need them upside down so they're paralyzed. We need we need the Sharks to win so we can host another game, have a lot of fun in Freeman Coliseum, get that win, and get an opportunity to buy more cool jerseys like this. I wonder if they sold out, if they have some left over. I know some people that still want some. If you're right. hearing this, Jordan or James, reach out to me um, because I know some people that might want to buy some of these jerseys if there were any left. I have heard that there is a possibility of having 80s night at the Freeman Coliseum Ooh. if there is a playoff game. Don't hold I me like to that. That might change. But right now I'm hearing that the talk is 80s night at the playoff game against the Carolina Cobras. Um, As in we're going to drop 80 points on the Carolina Cobras. Yeah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're Drop dropping 80, 80 on them. That's what the 80s night is all about. One of the best things that I've heard all week. So Jacksonville will be hosting Orlando in uh, the playoffs. And it will be Orlando's last game in the NAL, uh, barring something really weird happening of them coming back. So somebody, I think it was Jim Murnay, said they should actually sell tickets to the game in a special section for $11.22. Why $11.22, you ask? That is the Orlando Predators record against the Jacksonville Sharks. $11.22. And, and I wow. said, well, then, if that's what you're going to sell them at, you should sell them at $11.23. And offer to refund the penny if Jacksonville loses. There you um, go. Because it's going to be 11 and 23 after that playoff game. I thought that was a really cool promotion. Uh, a really great idea from Jim Renee. I don't know if they're going to pick it up. But I thought that was solid. Getting ready for the playoff game by selling tickets for 11-22. To remind them of their terrible record against the, uh, the Jacksonville Sharks. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so on social media. We are on all platforms, minus uh, threads. I've never set us up on that. I hadn't set us up on that yet. We are at Smoking Guns Pod. That's Smoking No G Guns with a Z. P-O-D. If you want to email the show, you can email us at SmokingGunsPod at gmail.com. That's Smoking No G Guns with a Z. P-O-D. Finally, we want to uh, highlight our patrons. These are folks that uh, help us make the show go. The show does not run without a certain amount of money because we live in 2023 where nothing runs without a little money. And so we have to make just a little bit of money on this show to keep it running. And we have amazing patrons that help us do that. We have Mo and Iris Ferrante, Herman Robles Jr., Kim and Greg Nelson, 
James Steubing, Jordan Steubing, Jay Washington, Gary Vaught, James Palmer, and our newest patron, a guy that seems to be with us all the time and finally jumped on board supporting the show, Alfred Rodriguez. He is my buddy. He loves all the Dallas sports areas, uh, Dallas sports teams, Stars, Mavericks, all that kind of stuff. And he and I bond on Facebook over the uh, wonderful sports that come out of the Metroplex. We also love uh, the San Antonio Gunslingers and the San Antonio Brahmas. So all those folks help us make this show go. And you can too. If you're interested in being a part of our patron group, um, you can log on to www.patreon.com slash smoking guns pod. Again, that's smoking no G, guns with a Z, P O D. And you can sign up to support the show at a five, a 10, or $20 level. We really appreciate all of those that jump on board already. Um, we have done amazing things with some of that money, including sponsoring the cheer camp, like the whole cheer camp. We were a sponsor for that. We also sponsored one little girl to participate in that cheer camp. She would not have been able to go had it not been for our patrons uh, who support yeah. our show. It's not Thank just you. about keeping the show on the air. It's also about doing some things around our community and for our uh, folks. And we'll continue to do that. RC, I think you're putting together some ways we can get back to the community. We'll probably be rolling that out fairly soon. Is that right? Yes, especially with the heat. We're looking at doing another fan drive. Yeah. Fans for fans. That's that was right. one fans of the, I think that was one of the first events we yep. did. As the Smoking Guns podcast three years ago when we started was a fans for fan drive, fans for fans uh, drive. And it's getting that time again, again to do that all over again. Right. The city's collecting them, different organizations. And, you know, even in an air conditioned car, it's outside. It's like 103. And can you imagine when you're in a home that you don't have air? Um, and so I'm sure we have someone who could benefit from the uh, give back to the city back to the community so mm -hmm. we will make it easy for you of course we'll have a drop-off but we'll also have a way so you can venmo money we'll take that money and then we'll purchase fans for you that way just to make things easier because uh really we need to get back to the community it's way too hot you know elderly uh, veterans you know homeless you just never know who there, there are folks in our community right now that do not have air conditioning that's right not Central air imagine. and heat. There are some people that don't have central air, and that's bad enough, but they don't have a window unit. They don't have air conditioning in their house. And a box fan mm. uh, would be an amazing thing for them to have Life and rely on really. through the summer. Um, and box fans are $27, $22, something like that. You get some for $10 um, at Walmart. You can change someone's life. You could save someone's life. Really um, with a box fan. And I've seen folks. I've been in houses before. In ministry, you you contact all kinds of people. And I've been in houses before where, yeah, we just can't afford to have air conditioner or to run the air conditioner. So it is 85 degrees and 87 degrees in the house in the middle of the day. Um, nobody wants to live like that. And uh, we want to do something to help give back and help those folks out. Um, fans are a big deal. If you've ever had to rely on a fan to keep yourself cool, you know what a godsend a box fan can be. Mm -hmm. 
So we're going to get involved with that and look for more information to be pushed out soon on that and how you can be involved in that. Well, with that, I think we've said it all. I got one thing to say. Okay. Johnny Salazar, I'll see you in a few minutes. I got to just pack a bag real quick. Uh oh. No. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to leave Always the house. Fun. Cause, yeah. Th- cause... Thanks, thanks to that guy right there and his phone. <laughs> throw, throw me under the bus. <laughs> Gary Vaught says, When is that fan drive? Look for more information on our social media to come out soon. Yes. Uh, and we will announce it on the show when we have some set information dates and drop off locations. Uh, we'll and, get and all that information out to you. The reason about the dates is because we also have to be flexible with the dates for the playoffs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we don't want them to kind of coincide. So that's, be patient with us because we're working it out. When it comes to football, whether it's a 100-yard gridiron or the 50-yard fight, if it's up in Seattle or over in Jacksonville, down in Orlando or even in Greensboro, Carolina, when it comes to football, professional football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang. <laughs>